have your Bibles, you could be turning to Luke chapter number one. I don't know what I'm supposed to do now that I got first aid kits everywhere. When I look, I don't know if I be gentle or if that gives me permission just to go full bore. I don't know what that is. So, but uh, wonderful, wonderful uh, to be with you this morning. If you can get past the jacket this morning, I'll do my best to speak uh, uh, what the Lord has placed in my heart. Uh, I would appreciate your prayers this morning uh, as I try to deliver uh, the word of the Lord. I am not going to give you a traditional Christmas message uh, this morning. Uh, we, will, uh, we will be talking about those that is part of the Christmas story this morning. Uh, the individuals uh, that made up that story. Uh, but we'll talk to you and we'll continue and talk about the Christmas story probably more in depth on Thursday evening uh, for our candlelight service. But if the Lord would help me, I, I want to talk to you about living in an unexpected season. Uh, the Lord has really placed in my heart over the last few weeks as those of you that have been here, just the importance of coming back to a place where the church in America is full of health, not full of sickness and disease. And I'm not talking about just naturally. I'm talking about spiritually. Uh, there has to be a reviving. There has to be an awakening. Uh, and in order for that to happen in the world, it first must happen in the church. And that means you and I have to become committed to being real men and real women of God. Not occasionally, but continually. And uh, so a couple of weeks ago, I talked to you and preached uh, to the best of my ability on the danger of a defiled house and how that affects the world in which we live. And I stand by that today. We are responsible today for setting the stage for a world to experience Jesus. That responsibility, the responsibility of sharing the message of Christ that started and begins with a baby born in Bethlehem and placed in a manger. That is nobody else's responsibility to share other than the church. You and I today must understand that. I also stand by that which I shared with you last Sunday concerning the abandoned table or returning to the table. I pray that you found yourself in an intimate setting with your family last Sunday afternoon as you had your time slot when you sat at the Lord's table. It was a very special time for me and my family. I, I pray that we understand the significance of sitting at his table, not occasionally, but continually. Which brings me today to the place where I hope that we can have understanding of the impact of every decision that we make. Not just while we're in here, but in the lives that we live daily. As my mind was on many things this week and getting home and hitting the ground running, sleeping just for a few hours and back up at it again and spending 
much of the afternoon alone with the Lord. I really tried, really, really to just get to a place where I could just speak to you. Uh, but this is, this is what we get this morning, all right? So if you stay with me, uh, I believe that we can, we can hear from the Lord this morning. But if the Lord help me, I just want to talk to you. This is the season when I hope we can understand what this season's really about. But I'm going to read with you many passages of Scripture, so I'm not going to ask you to stand this morning for the reading of the Word. But uh, it's clear throughout Scriptures that seasons come and go. We know that there is a time and a purpose for everything under heaven. But however, this morning there is times recorded in your Bible that shows us that there are times when God does unexpected things. These times or these things produce what I'm going to call this morning unexpected seasons in your life. And that's why it's important for all of us to understand the impact of our decisions, especially during these types of seasons. How many enjoys the seasons that you have up on the mountain? When everything's wonderful and altogether lovely. We love those seasons. But how many knows we don't get to live there? We, we don't just get to have mountaintop experiences. But I have to remind you that on top of the mountain, you don't really find much vegetation most times. It's beautiful. The view is good. But you know, sometimes we find ourselves in valleys and rugged places that we don't necessarily understand. In Luke chapter 1 as well as Luke chapter number 2, we get a glimpse of individuals living in one of these seasons. So I'm going to take you through three different groups of people this morning very quickly that found themselves living in an unexpected season. In Luke chapter number one, beginning in verse number five, we're going to read of a gentleman by the name of Zacharias who was married to Elizabeth. And we find the following. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judah, a certain priest named Zacharias of the chorus of Abiah. And his wife was of the daughters of Aaron and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinance of the Lord, blameless. And they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. And it come to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his chorus, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. 
And he shall go before them in the spirit and the power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. We find this passage of scripture, we'll stop there just for a moment, that we find that a man was doing what he always done. He was serving in the capacity that was expected of him and he was doing his routine and all of a sudden when he walks into the altar of incense and getting ready to offer unto the Lord, there is an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar and can I tell you this, it was just a normal day at the temple. But in a moment of time, there was an unexpected season that was birthed. Zacharias began to look, and it says that fear fell upon him, but the angel of the Lord said, fear not. He said, I have heard your prayer. The Lord has heard your prayer, and we understand the situation, and it looks like everything is gone too far, and it's too late, but the Lord says to you, that your wife is going to bring forth a son, but you are to call his name John because there is a purpose for him in this season. But notice the purpose that John was going to fulfill was birthed and came from a place where a man and a woman was found blameless in the sight of God. God will never birth something unless it's in a place of purity. He will never allow something come forth unless it is in a place that is in alignment with him and his word, no matter how much we desire it. And when the angel Gabriel appeared at the altar of incense, you find that this conversation that we read unfolds. He says, there is a purpose for he's going to be great in the sight of the Lord and he's not going to be one that drinks wine or strong drink, but he's going to be a Nazarite from his birth, basically. And he is going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. And he's going to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. In that moment, he had to make a choice to embrace or reject the word of the Lord. Just because someone is found blameless does not mean that they're perfect. For we look, if you read on just a few verses down, you will find that Zacharias uh, says, how is this going to be? And we find that there was a little bit of presence of unbelief or not understanding. And the angel Gabriel said, because you are doubting the word of the Lord, you are going to be dumb until this time comes to fruition. Meaning this, you're no longer going to be able to speak. You're no longer going to be able to operate in the manner that you previously have been. And therefore we find that then he finishes his stay at the temple. He returns home to his wife, Elizabeth, and we know that she conceived and according to the time of life, she brought forth her son and his name was John. But according to the customs of that day, at that time of birthing, people began to call him a traditional family name. And Elizabeth said, not so, but he shall be called John. And they looked at Zacharias in questioning. And in that moment, if you read the story, you find that he is immediately released from being dumb. And he is, after he has 
written down that his name is John. They marveled because it went against custom, it went against tradition. But in that, there again, we find another unexpected happen because in that very moment, Zacharias was able to be speaking. It says that he was filled with the Holy Ghost. But something unique was happening in this season. This was just not a one event season. But you have to realize that after Elizabeth has somewhat been out of circulation for five months, it says in the sixth month, there is another unexpected visit by the angel Gabriel. You're familiar with this visit, probably more so than the first one. But in Luke chapter 1, 26 through 33, we read these words. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin, a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of solution this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall be great, and he shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. And we find now Mary, like Zacharias, just a routine day when angel Gabriel showed up with the news that you're favored and you are going to bring forth a child. She too had to decide in this unexpected season, would she accept or would she reject the word of the Lord? In both of these stories, we see two individuals who even not understanding everything that was going on around them chose to embrace the purpose and the assignment, which leads us to the effects of the decisions that they made. Because of their encounters, the world would never be the same. These two events would be the setting of the stage for a night like no other. We know John was conceived and birthed according to the word of the Lord. When culture and tradition tried to label the child, Elizabeth and Zachariah embraced the word instead of the customs and called him by the name that God had ordained for him to be called. Because we know today with the knowledge that we possess that he was the forerunner of Christ. We also know that it positioned him to fulfill his purpose. However, a few months later we see that Mary brings forth that which was conceived by the Holy Ghost. And her and Joseph called his name Jesus as the Lord had spoken as well. Their willingness to walk by faith produced another unexpected visitation that I really want to talk about this morning. While Joseph and Mary are in Bethlehem with this newborn child lying in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes, in the same country is a group of people 
that the world does not even really recognize as been legit. But there is some shepherd men out in the field watching their flock by night when suddenly the atmosphere changes around them. We often think about Christmas and the story of Jesus lying in the manger and we often think about silent night. Oh, it was silent. But I have to argue that point because I've been around when women was giving birth to children, they ain't too silent. But at the same time, across the field is some shepherds watching their flock by night when all of a sudden there's a disruption that occurs and the silence is broken. And notice what happens in Luke chapter two, verse number eight and the following. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. And it come to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. What I need you to hear today is of great importance. I didn't come with a great message this morning in the, by the standards of men. I didn't come with great intellect today. I, I didn't come to try to entice you with something to ooh you and all you. Uh, but I come today with a simple message to tell you that now like then, we find ourselves in an unexpected season. Uh, we were all doing just fine, right? Doing life as we always had been. Uh, through our daily Routines when all of a sudden uh, there was a disruption. Uh, our lives have been turned upside down in many avenues, uh, and yet it appears again that this morning uh, that we are very close to seeing another major disruption uh, across the globe. Uh, but could it be the Lord is once again sending uh, the angels of heaven uh, to visit that which He 
he has bought back his church uh, and is speaking words of instructions concerning uh, that which is about to give birth uh, in the earth today. Uh, I cannot uh, help but believe that we are about to hear once again uh, in the same manner that which they heard uh, out in the shepherd field that day. Uh, I have to remind you that whether we're talking about uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth uh, or whether we're talking about Mary and Joseph uh, or whether we're talking about the shepherds in the field uh, when the angel Gabriel shows up on the scene uh, and fear begins to grip the heart of humanity uh, the very first thing that comes out of his mouth uh, is fear not uh, can I tell you uh, I come to combat fear uh, that is trying to steal joy and peace and rest uh, from God's people and everybody else uh, but I want you to understand yes we are living in an unexpected season uh, but in unexpected seasons uh, is when the provision of God uh, the grace of God uh, the favor of God uh, the mercy of God uh, and the anointing of God uh, is always released uh, and therefore in this Christmas season uh, don't you dare hang your head low uh, and say well I hope we can make it uh, I come to tell somebody this morning uh, that this is one of the greatest hours it's ever been uh, I cannot help but be excited uh, because I know this uh, in the midst of uncertainty uh, there is an angelic host of heaven uh, that has been dispatched uh, and there is a sound uh, that is disrupting the heavenlies uh, that's about to affect the earthly uh, and we the church uh, is about to have an encounter uh, with the things of God uh, like we've never known uh, somebody ought to go ahead and give God praise uh, for a baby that was born uh, that lived a life uh, that brought about uh, a revolution uh, for you and I this morning Because of the obedience and the purity in that unexpected season, the shepherds in the field witnessed the heavenly chorus began to proclaim the arrival of the one true king. Notice with me, the sheep in the field would have never encountered the heavenly chorus unless there was somebody willing to come in alignment with obedience and purity. Hear this preacher this morning. Our decision must be one of complete surrender. This in and out garbage that has been accepted and embraced by the shepherds of the American church is disgusting. It is defilement and it can no longer be ignored. Listen, come as you are. I will say that we want everybody to come. But then you began to think you're going to cross from that side of the altar into the things of God, into the ministries of God. Uh, listen, uh, it is a time where we get back to understand this is the season. Uh, this is the season that God only reveals himself uh, and shows himself uh, to those that are found blameless uh, and that will walk with purity. Uh, I want to give a word uh, of encouragement as well as a word of warning. Uh, if you walk blameless uh, and if you walk in purity, uh, you will be protected 
tempted no matter what people say or do about you and around you. Uh, but when you begin to think you're going to enter into the Holy of Holies uh, in this season, uh, I'm here to tell you, uh, you better have a, a rope on your leg uh, because somebody going to have to pull you out uh, because God is not playing games any longer. Uh, you hear this preacher this morning. Uh, we got to get back to a place uh, where we understand that in the unexpected season, uh, we got to be men of God. Uh, in the unexpected season, uh, we got to be women of God. Uh, you cannot ride both sides of the fence. Uh, you can't be the world on Monday uh, and be the church on Sunday. Uh, but listen, uh, we got to be uh, the ones that bring health back to the nation. Uh, how do we do that? Uh, it's by being the church that God has called us to be. Uh, listen, I got band-aids if you need them. I don't mean to be mean this morning. Uh, but hear, hear me, hear this preacher. Uh, we got to get to a place uh, where once again, uh, the visitation of the Holy Ghost uh, is more important uh, than the fleshly desires of men. Uh, we got to bring this thing back uh, and say, uh, like Mary did, uh, I don't understand it, uh, but let it be unto me. Uh, Zachariah said, I don't understand it, uh, but let it be. Uh, the shepherds didn't understand it, uh, but they said, let us go and see. We got to begin to go into the realm that God is calling us to go. In an unexpected season, things change drastically. We have been thrust in the last 18 months into an unexpected season. Why? Why now, Pastor? Please hear me. It's because the winds of winter are beginning to blow. I have to remind you, the word of the Lord is very clear. He said there comes a time when the day comes to an end and night falls and then no man is able to work. We are closing in very rapidly to the end of this dispensation of time. And there is an unexpected season that has been given to us that has thrust us back into a place where we focus on what's really important and it is the harvest. Because the harvest is standing in the field this morning, we must begin to run towards it with great vigor. Because can I tell you today, the master is soon to come. The next major event may just be the sounding of a trumpet that's going to wake and raise the dead. We see many things happening in our world today. And while we will celebrate this week and this coming weekend with family and friends and we'll eat too much and maybe laugh Maybe cry. Make memories. And we should do those things. But we cannot forget 
our purpose as men and women of faith. It is in unexpected seasons that things are birthed that change the world. I believe in this season there is things been birthed in the spirit that's getting ready to change the world. We're going to see calamity. We're going to see the manifestation of evil. We are going to see, not just and hear rumors of wars, but we're getting ready to actually see wars on a level we've never saw in our lifetime. We're going to see a lot of things that would make your heart melt and tremble with fear. But the Lord says, fear not. You're in an unexpected season. See, the great minds, the great intellectual minds of our day, they can't process it. They can't understand it. Because it's not a natural realm. It's a spiritual thing. And the only way we get to a place of having an understanding and wisdom concerning the day in which we live is by once again when we are taught and things are revealed by and through the Holy Ghost of God. So while everything else around us may seem to be rocking and full of uncertainty, the church can stand steadfast. Because can I tell you this old ship of Zion... It has sailed for many, many years. And it has found itself in unexpected seasons multiple times. And it's still sailing. This morning, in the midst of not knowing, rest assured, this one thing. That there is not a baby laying in a manger this morning. Nor is he hanging on a cross. Nor is he laying in a tomb. But I know exactly where that baby is today. That baby growed and matured and walked before men and fulfilled his purpose. And he became the spotless lamb. And when the world thought we had him, before the breaking of dawn, in the midst of darkness, he emerged victorious. After showing himself with infallible proofs for 40 days, there was a group of about 500 that saw him ascend into the heavenlies when gravity lost its hold on him. And he ascended and he's sitting at the right hand of the Father making intercessions for you and I right now. Today we are not alone. But we can take great comfort and great rest in knowing this. That while he was ascending, our Heavenly Father released he the Holy Ghost to come. And he is present in this room right now. And when you walk out of this room, he'll walk with you if you'll allow him to. He'll dwell with you and in you if you'll allow him to. He'll teach you. He'll guide you. He'll direct you if you'll allow him to. And even in unexpected seasons such as this, you can find peace, peace, wonderful peace. You can have joy unspeakable 
full of glory. You can have a blessed assurance this morning. I'm not saying that we have to be perfect. No, 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 no. But we do have to live with a heart that's turned towards him. Zacharias, the Lord heard your prayer. It doesn't look feasible. doesn't even make sense. But God. Mary, I understand. This is a lot to ask of a young virgin girl. However, if you'll accept the word of the Lord, the Holy Ghost will come and overshadow you. She said, let it be. Shepherd boys and shepherd men, I should say, out in the field in the midst of darkness. If we could just get ourselves there. I could see some of you out there sitting in the grass, watching your sheep, maybe leaning on your staff a little bit. Used to maybe hearing something in the wood line saying, well, what is that? Nothing's going to get my sheep. But I guarantee you they'd never heard something come out of the heavenlies like that angel did. Fear. What is it? Don't be fearful. And as they begin to make a proclamation, the one angel is then accompanied by a heavenly chorus. What a sight that must have been. The disruption in the heavenlies released something in the earthly. You say, why is that so important as they come to the music this morning? It's important because of this simple fact. And I was thinking, I said, Lord, this is not even close to being a, Christian, a, a, a Christmas message. So I was spending alone with the Lord and I heard very vividly in my spirit He said, tell my people to simply be encouraged because as we close out a year, he said, they are going to experience the effects of this spiritual disruption. And I began to think on these things and I'm reminded of our adversary who is identified as the prince and the power of the air. And reminded of the simple fact that all good things come from heaven above, from the storehouse of heaven. And over the last several years, I believe that the prayers of the saints have been heard. And I believe that God is releasing on their behalf. But also believe that there is many things that's been held up in the heavenlies as it's came down. I believe the prince and the power of the air has enslaved and in bondage some of the things that God has ordained for his people. But in this unexpected season, God brought visitation to the earth then. He's bringing visitation to the earth now. And as he's bringing visitation to the earth, it is causing there to be a, a sphere disruption and there's some things that the prince of the power of the air is going to have to release because he's not going to be able to keep his grip on it.
in this season. And as he looses his hold on what God has ordained for his people, it's going to begin to fall to the presence of the earth. And men and women are getting ready to invade with power and authority again because of what they're receiving from their heavenly father. There is a generation that's getting ready to experience a fresh outpouring of the Holy Ghost. There was wayward children coming home. There is prodigal sons that are awakening. And there is a restoring of family that's coming back. In this unexpected season, don't be discouraged, but be encouraged. Because in this season, we are getting ready to see God move supernaturally like he did for Zacharias and Elizabeth like he did for Mary and Joseph and like he did for the shepherd boys in the field. This morning, I only have one question and that is this, will you trust him? Will you put all of your hope, all of your trust in him and him alone? Men will fail you. Churches will disappoint you. Because they're just made up of natural, flawed people. They try to get it right every time, but we don't get it right every time. The thing is today, there's one that gets it right every time. His name is Jesus. And he loves you. Oh, how he loves you. He's not standing over you today to embarrass you beat you but he's standing in front of you with arms outstretched simply saying come unto me all ye that are heavy laden and I will give you rest this morning the world is full of craziness this is the season for miracles This is the season where God is proving and manifesting himself. Don't be so busy that you fail to see who and what God really is. This is the season to rejoice. Why would I rejoice, preachers? Our world's a mess. Because this world's not our home. We're just passing through. But there's a place that's prepared for the redeemed of the Lord. Oh. I don't know this morning about you where you find yourself. But you can take this whole world you can just give me Jesus because he's been good to me has he been good to anybody in this room I mean has he been good to anybody in this room you see we find ourselves in all types of seasons but these unexpected seasons 
is him setting things in motion to bring about a manifestation of his glory. I don't want you to look right or left, down, but I want you to begin to look upward because our redemption is now nearer than yet we believed. Some of you heard it all your life. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. I need you to hear me one more time this morning. Jesus is coming. Oh, and that day is getting so, so near. But have you made preparation? I'm not concerned about what you did when you're seven years old. I'm not concerned that you was baptized when you was 13. I'm not asking about your confession of faith. But if today was the day, if the day was the day that we was to hear that beautiful sound, do you have 100% confidence this morning that you would be accepted? Not by any work or good deed that you've done, but because this morning you could say with complete confidence that I have 100% surrendered my life to Him. You see, Zacharias and Elizabeth, they surrendered completely. Mary and Joseph, they surrendered completely. The shepherds, we find that they, compl- they surrendered completely. They dropped what they was doing and they said, let us go see. This morning, they lived and they finished their, their plot in their unexpected season. But our season looks a little different than their season. But the one thing that is constant throughout it is this, is a God that does not change. The same God then is the same God now. And this morning, as we're running towards Christmas, the day that we celebrate the birth of Christ, Have you positioned yourself for in this season to have more of God, to experience more of God? And can you say it is well with my soul? Hey everyone, it's Pastor Jade here. I want to thank you for watching today. I pray that this message spoke directly to you and challenged and transformed your life by the power of the Holy Ghost. And I want to invite you to connect with us on social media and stay up to date with what's happening here at PTC. I pray that you have a great week and a great year in the Lord. We love you.